Welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students, a multi-part podcast series that gives college students the knowledge and tools to handle their financial situation during and after college. Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University School of Professional Studies. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us. The most recent inflation figures indicate that the current inflation rate is more than 9%. This is despite a recent reduction of gas prices. The newest rate will likely accelerate the Federal Reserve's interest in increasing interest rates this year. Remember the fear that's associated with higher interest rates. It's a fear that they can cause a recession. So let's define a recession. It's a significant decline in economic activity for two consecutive quarters. It's measured in terms of GDP, gross domestic product. In other words, the economy slows down in its production of goods and services for an extended period of time. To compensate, businesses cut their cost so they can conserve cash. This can impact employees as some will lose their jobs. It can also impact investors as it stops companies from investing in equipment and growing. In the early stages of a recession, stock, the stock market typically falls. Markets are forward-looking, so they anticipate a recession's end well before it's over. The trouble is that anticipation involves predictions based on current information, and current information seems to change every day. This causes volatility, wide swings in stock prices, and that scares investors, as it should. World events have been troublesome and unpredictable for some time. Going back to the financial crisis in 2008, that was widely unpredicted, except by a few economists and very few people listened to those economists' warnings. The Federal Reserve, the U.S. government, and large companies did not anticipate. COVID-19 was not predicted. The Russian invasion of Ukraine was predicted and anticipated. But the expected outcome was grossly wrong. The United States expected the war to last for about three days. So here's the point. Many world events are unpredictable. And some events that are anticipated they're often misread. World events have long-lasting effects. Savers are still paying the price to this day for the financial crisis. Low interest rates on bank accounts, especially when coupled with high inflation, erode the value of savings accounts. Efforts to stimulate the economy during and after COVID contributed greatly to the current inflation. The Russia-Ukraine war has also greatly impacted inflation, and the war is not yet over. Equally important, the impact of the war's end, whenever that should be, will have worldwide implications. But we cannot say with any certainty what the impact will be. And also keep in mind, China and Iran can be expected to impact geopolitical and economic events in the future. What does this mean to stock investors? 
Picking worthwhile investments is much more difficult today due to the uncertainties we just discussed. Businesses will be impacted. So let's answer two common questions. Should I stay invested in the companies I own? And should I decide at some point in the future to buy stock? What should I buy? Well, we have consistently suggested looking for innovative companies that adjust to the changing economy and have the ability to increase profits. That is still our standard. Since the economy has become so troublesome and markets have become so volatile, we suggest, as we have for some time, proceeding with caution. So we're not suggesting that you go out and buy stock, but we are suggesting that you consider certain points that when things change, you will be prepared to make good investments. We suggest holding on to, and if you make new investments, companies that pay and increase their cash dividends. Let's begin with a definition of cash dividends. These are payments, cash payments to owners from corporate profits. To pay a cash dividend, corporations must have two things. One is cash. You can't pay a cash dividend if you don't have it. Second, they must have profits. Legally, a dividend can only be paid if the business is profitable. Having profits and extra cash, money that is not needed to run the business, is a very positive sign of financial health. So companies that increase dividends and have increasing cash balances, they have a much healthier financial position. Another important point about dividends is that corporate boards that is, those who are responsible for declaring dividends, well, they take them very seriously. They don't declare dividends without a great deal of thought and study. They are reluctant to cut or reduce dividends. When something called a regular dividend is declared, the expectation is that they will be paid regularly into the future. The expectation is that the payments will continue. Declaring a dividend is a sign of optimism on the part of those who know the business well, that profits will continue and extra cash flow will be available to pay the dividend. Now for the dividend paying companies and recessions. Stock prices typically fall during recessions. This is due to the economy. Companies that are expected to perform poorly during a recession typically fall the most. The history of recessions, going back to World War II, indicates that in five recessions, there was no cut in dividends by dividend payers. In the worst recessions, dividends were reduced by 3%. Another point, the stock prices of dividend payers historically perform better than non-payers during recessions. We should note that the number of annual dividend payments has hit new highs every year for the last decade. That trend is expected to continue. Profitable companies that consistently pay dividends, typically, they typically include those in healthcare, utilities, and telecommunications. They are in consumer-focused industries that offer goods and services that are required regardless of the economic climate. That is why they have profits and cash during difficult times. To evaluate dividend payers, we consider the dividend yield. This is the dividends paid per share divided by the per share price of the stock. If a company pays a dividend of 50%, 50 cents per share, 
and its stock price is $10 per share, the dividend yield is 5%. And this means that on an annual basis, an investor receives 5% of the purchase price back in the form of a cash dividend. Of course, the price of the stock still can go up. Investors benefit from dividend payers in two ways. One, from the dividend, from the payment of the cash dividend, and two, from the price appreciation of the stock. The average Standard & Poor's 500 company pays a dividend of about 2%. Companies that pay more than 2% may be attractive, and such dividends may be a good thing. But be careful for too much of a good thing. When dividend yields exceed about 5%, we need to know why. A high yield can be a sign of risk. For example, Altria, a cigarette manufacturer, the one that makes Marlboro cigarettes, currently yields about 9%. The reason is that the U.S. government wants additional regulations to be applied to cigarette companies. And they are investigating Juul, a vaping company owned by Altria. The 9% yield is due to investor concerns that the dividend may be cut or eliminated due to the impact of regulation on Altria's profits. We should be concerned about the company's ability to maintain its dividend. If it can't maintain its dividend, the price of the stock falls. That is the history. There is a tool to help us assess the viability of the dividend. It is called the dividend payout ratio. It is the ratio of the dividends paid per share to earnings per share. It tells you how much of earnings are being paid out as dividends. A high payout ratio can be a sign of a problem. Remember that ratios are not conclusive, but they are useful in that they indicate areas to look into. They don't necessarily give you answers, but they can tell you what questions to ask. So when a company has a high payout ratio, they may be paying a lot of their income in the form of dividends, and that income may decline during a recession. And if the company is forced to lower the dividend or eliminate it, the price of the stock suffers. It goes down. Another area of concern is the debt load of the companies, of the dividend payers, how much it owes to creditors. So debt is a claim against the company. It's not necessarily bad unless the company has too much of it. The good news for companies in recent years is that many have refinanced their debt with very low interest rates, with new debt that have low interest rates attached to it. Such companies that have earnings and cash have the ability to repay debt and to continue to raise dividends. So we are not suggesting that you go out and buy stock today. These are very volatile times. We are suggesting that you be cautious and that you be prepared for when the indicators show that the market is stabilizing and the economy is stabilizing. And companies that we will consider are dividend payers and those that increase their dividends. So in a future show, we will consider specific dividend paying companies and we will use the tools discussed today to consider the ability of those companies to pay and raise dividends should we be interested in buying those companies in the future until then stay calm thoughtful and purposeful
You have been listening to Dollars and Cents for College Students with host Frank Longo. The opinions on this series are those of the host. Before making any financial decisions, be sure to consult with a financial professional such as a certified financial planner. For more information, visit cfp.net.